In the word of the Lord this morning, in the book of John, in chapter number 11, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, in the gospel according to St. John, in chapter number 11. The gospel according to St. John, in chapter 11. And uh, I wanted to read just two verses in the, uh, in the word of the Lord this morning, though this is a chapter where we could read the whole chapter, but I want to just read just a couple of verses if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, and uh, we are familiar that this is the chapter where uh, Lazarus has gotten sick, and matter of fact, he got bad sick, sick unto death, and he died. And uh, they sent for Jesus, but Jesus did not come. Four days has passed by, and he's been buried and in the grave, and then Jesus shows up after he's been in the grave for four days. And Mary and Martha are so upset, they are so troubled, they are so worried, they are so beside themselves, and they should be. That is where people are whenever these types of events come, and surely their hearts were broken. Um, but Jesus has showed up on the scene now, and he begins to speak unto them, and he tells them, of a truth that they needed to receive. He has been talking in the book of John all through as we've been reading these last several weeks about who he is. In chapter 6, he told them, I am the bread of life. In chapter number 8 and 9, he told them, I am the light of the world. In chapter 10, he said, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. And now in chapter number 11, he's going to give them a new I am and in chapter 11, the new I am is I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. And that is the, the lesson or the message for this morning. I am the resurrection and the life. And that should be encouraging to you whenever it seems like the fear or trouble of sickness and death draw near is that our life is hid with Christ in God. Amen. Um, my... Uh, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life that I now live by, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This morning, if you are alive, you're alive in Christ Jesus, and if you know the Son, you have life, Amen. and if you don't have the Son, you don't have life. You could be, you could be uh, with every fiber of your being in perfect health, a clean bill of health, and everything be just right in this body and not have life. And you can be sick and ailing and even facing the crossing of death in this body and still have life. Uh, Brother D.L. Moody said, if you ever hear tell that uh, Dwight L. Moody has died, don't you ever believe a word of it. I'll be more alive than I've ever been before. And that's just a fact, friend. When you have the life of Christ living in you, thank you, sir. When you have the life of Christ living in you, when the liver is in you, you are alive in the Lord Jesus. And I'm thankful that I, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so this morning we want to read our text verses. If you found John chapter 11... And are able and willing, I would invite you to stand with us and we'll reverence the reading of the word of the Lord. And uh, I am trying to require of myself to do this, though it's not in my nature. I'm not, a, I'm not a news anchor and I'm not a televangelist, but I'm trying to make sure that I pay attention to actually preaching to some folks that are in the corner. And I don't necessarily mean just seated in the pews there, but to people who may be tuning in to us 
this morning who cannot get out of their homes and maybe it's not wise for them to sickly and whatever else immune compromised elderly that are tuned in and we are so thankful that you are uh, listening this morning and we want to try to preach the gospel to all that have an ear to hear he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches and may the lord help us to do that this morning john chapter 11 and in verse number 25 the word of the lord says jesus said unto her I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And that really is not what he asked her. But the answer she gave, whether she realized it was sufficient or not, actually matched what he said. If he's the Christ that is to come into the world, then he is also the resurrection and the life. And if he is the Christ, and he is, then he is all that she needs for her brother to live again and for her to see her brother again. And when she had so said that she went her way, they called Mary, her sister, secretly and saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. Of course, we find that uh, the time takes place and comes along where that she... Uh, begins to show the Lord Jesus where that they had laid Lazarus and that he would raise him from the dead. And the Bible said in verse number 40, Jesus said unto her, Said not I unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Then six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, there, there they made him a supper, and Mary, and, or rather Martha, served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. What about that? You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while we read the word of the Lord. Not only do we find here of the Lord Jesus raising him from the dead. We find that they, uh, his body was uh, resurrected, that his grave clothes were loosed, and that Jesus is sitting at, at supper with him, having a meal at his table, and Lazarus is there with him. Now again, we will set the table for the message this morning as we're preaching about, I am the resurrection and the life. There are seven occasions in John where Jesus claims this title of I Am. And in each of these, he states claim to divinity. He relates truths unto the uh, Jewish persons who were listening. And he does so in a very clear language that they would have recognized Amen. right away. Amen. Using these words, I Am. That is the word Yahweh or Jehovah. The same word that Jesus or that God used to introduce himself to Moses at the bush of fire that would not burn. 
When Moses said, I'm too Egyptian to be Hebrew and I'm too Hebrew to be Egyptian and I need for you to give me a name, a calling card, a identification, a badge, a place of authority when I shall tell them who has sent me unto Egypt to bring the Hebrews out, who shall I tell them has sent me and what is his name? And he said, tell them I am has sent you. I am that I am, that is my name. And that I am that I am, the self-existent one, the Yahweh, the Jehovah God. When Jesus says, I am, he is connecting himself with this title to God and thereby claiming not only to be the Son of God, but God the Son manifested in human flesh. He came saying unto us, I am. I love that very verse from Acts or from John 8 and 58, which we have shared in every one of these messages. When Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus said in John 13 and 13, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. I'm grateful that I know the I am. When our first lesson or the first message of these uh, uh, this series, we talked about I am the bread of life. That is, He is our sustenance. In the second, we talked about where He said, I am the light of the world. That is, He is our source. In the third message, we talked about I am the door. That is, He is our safety. And then the fourth message, He is uh, tells us, I am the good shepherd. That is, He is our supervisor. He's the one who's looking out for me. My safety and my supervision is not up to the government. It's not up to the police. It's not up to society. It's not even up to me. It's up to the Lord. He's my supervisor. He's looking out for me. And then this morning we look at this. I am the resurrection and the life. That is, He is my soul. The soul of man. That's, that is where I get life from. When God breathed in man's nostrils, he received the breath of life and he became a living soul. He did not become a living body. He became a living soul. And in no other creature did God breathe into his nostrils except for man. God made all the whales of the sea. He made all the fish of the sea, all the fowls of the air. He made every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth is the way the Scripture says it in the book of Genesis. And yet in none of them did He breathe into their nostrils. But when He formed man, He didn't just make Him, He formed Him. That is, He intricately made Him. He made Him very personally and very intimately, very detailed. He is the height. He is the apex of God's creation. And then He breathed into His nostrils a breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the soul of man is received as a direct gift from God. It is because God is the source of life. Every living thing came from Him. Everything that ever will live came from Him. The source of life is God. He is our soul. And the fact that you have a soul at all is because God has given this to you. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Life is in Him, by Him, through Him, and because of Him. And we are to live this life for Him. The only way that we are able to live is through Christ. But because He lives, you live also. And when we live through Him and we live for Him, then we know what life is all about. 
Life has no purpose under the sun outside of God. If we just live and die, man's no different than an ant. He's no different than a dog or a cat. That man is no different than a beast of the field if we're here today and gone tomorrow. But thank God there is life beyond this world. Thank God there is more to life under the sun than just the the breath of existence that we have. Man has come to a place where he does not even know what to do with this life because he doesn't understand where it comes from. He does not understand where it is going. He does not know why he is here. But we are here because God put us here. We are here for His glory. You are still here because God gives you life. If you're breathing in and breathing out, it is the work of God. It is the gift of God. It is in the hand of God. It is, it is in God's hand that the, that the breath of man's nostrils resides. God gave it to us. It is from the Lord. It is of the Lord. And every breath we breathe should be given back to the Lord. He gave me my first breath and I'll give Him my last. And I'll not turn my back on Him now. We're in a time and in an age where men have turned away from God, have forgotten God. And they run to and fro looking for answers and cannot find them. Man is so troubled and finds no solutions. Man is so burdened and finds no relief. Man is so upset and bankrupt and cannot find any wealth to fulfill what he needs. He thinks he has, my friend, great riches. And in just a moment's time, all of them can disappear and vanish from sight. Our lives in this world are built on sinking sand. But praise God, there is a solid rock in Jesus. My life is in the hand of God Almighty. It is of Him, through Him, by Him, because of Him. And so long as I live, it will be for Him. And when I leave this old world, I live forever with Him. And oh, what a day that shall be. I am the resurrection and the life. That is, my friend, not by accident that it is in that order. He begins with the resurrection and then the life. He says there is no life until there's a resurrection. We think we live until we die and then there's a resurrection. That's what Mary and Martha thought. Here I know my brother will live again in the resurrection. Jesus didn't say I'm the life and the resurrection. He says I'm the resurrection and the life. There is no real living until there's a resurrection. You don't know what life is until there's a resurrection. You don't know what it is to live until there's a resurrection. We don't start off alive, end up dead, and then get resurrected. We started off dead, have to get resurrected before we can live. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We were dead in trespasses and sins and following our lives according to the course of this world. Ephesians 2, we spent a lot of time, my children and I did studying in that portion of Scripture this week. We were dead in trespasses and sin, but He has quickened us together with Christ in God. That is, I'm alive now, not because that I'm living until I die so I can be resurrected. Oh no, I'm alive now because I have been resurrected. And my friend, resurrection comes before 
before life. We were already dead, but thank God He has resurrected us together. If you've been born again, you know the resurrection first and then the life. You see, I am not waiting to get resurrection so I can have eternal life. I have been resurrected and I am living eternal life now. I now have eternal life. I'm not waiting on eternal life, looking forward to eternal life. I am abiding in eternal life. I will say once more at least, he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. You are dead if you don't know Jesus. But if you know Jesus, you can't die. Hallelujah. This old body will leave this old world. We'll leave this old world, leave this old body behind. This body is going back to the dust of the earth from whence it came. But man is not a body with a soul. He is a soul with a body. And if you have been resurrected, you can't die. I mean, you can't die, friend. It's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. But if you have died unto self and sin, been buried with Christ and resurrected, it was only appointed once to die. And I've already been resurrected. There will come a time when I will be separated from this body. Praise God for that. This old thing's giving me more trouble than anything else has anyhow. This is a thing, my friend, that tempts me to sin. This is a thing that causes me to have, uh, my friend, separation from God. This is a thing that makes me feel bad, makes me sick, makes me worry. I praise God I'm going to be separated from this body. But I'm not waiting to die. Oh, no. I have already died. My friend, listen to me. I live in Christ because I've already died. If you know you're dead, you're not waiting on death. You're already living in the resurrection. You're already living in the life. And you don't have to be afraid of death when you've already died. Hallelujah. Oh, my friend, we have already been found dead, reckoned dead, and resurrected in Christ. And He lives in me. He lives in me. Christ is my life. Hallelujah. Thy brother shall rise again. Oh, she said, I know that's going to happen in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, that's not the resurrection I'm talking about. I am the resurrection and the life. You live when you've been resurrected. You live when you've been made alive in Jesus. You live when life has been put into you. If you don't know the resurrection this morning, you don't know the life. If you don't know what it is to have been dead in sins, have been lost without God have learned that the life you are living is not life at all and realize that the only way to live is in Jesus the only way to walk with God's in Jesus the only way to have hopes in Jesus and when you recognize how dead you are in sin and that my friend reckon your body dead and trust in Jesus to resurrect in you that spark of divine that he put in man in the garden of Eden then there is a resurrection that takes place in your life and now you can know since you've known the resurrection you can know the life and now I will live forever and die no never oh yes I am an eternal being I'm made in the image and likeness of Christ and he's mine and I am his forevermore I have the resurrection and the life living in me praise the Lord for that Jesus says I'm the resurrection 
and the life. If you don't know the resurrection, you don't know the life. If you've never been brought from death unto life, then you don't know the life. If you don't know what it is to be made alive in Christ, you don't know the life. You are not living if you have not had a resurrection. Now, some couple of weeks away, we'll have Easter Sunday coming up. And we'll celebrate the resurrection. But the fact of the matter is, and listen, the whole world's all up in turmoil. What's people going to do at Easter? And will all these Easter celebrations be canceled? Listen, they may cancel egg hunts, but they won't cancel Easter. Are you listening to me? They may or may not sell as many Cadbury uh, eggs in these uh, in these convenience stores and these drug stores is what they usually do. And I don't like some of those things. Anyway, the cream eggs are gross. But buddy, those with uh, ca caramel in it are the cat's Meow. And they may not sell as many of those as what they used to do in the grocery store, but they will not cancel Easter. You can't cancel Easter. That's like trying to kill God. You see, we don't wait until Easter Sunday to celebrate a risen Savior. My friend, He is risen. I appreciate this little sign right here. It says something about Jesus being alive. I didn't need a sign to tell that to me this morning. Hallelujah. I mean, I didn't have to. And listen, I'm so thankful. So thankful. I just assume everybody in the United States of America hear what I'm saying. I am so thankful to be at the house of the Lord this morning and to have a place to worship God. But this place didn't have to tell me that Jesus is alive. While I was riding a tractor yesterday and, and I running that box blade down my driveway and smothering to death on dust and pollen and strangling on that stuff. I also had my earbuds listening to some preaching. And while the man of God was preaching, the whole Holy Ghost was stirring in my heart. Had to work, working down inside of me. And for a little while, I just kicked the clutch in. And threw both hands up in the air and shouted hallelujah. And wept and glorified the Lord. You know why? Because I've had a resurrection. And I have a life. And listen, one of these days, I'm going to have a new body. Praise the Lord. I'll have a new life. But right now, I already have eternal life living in me. Because Jesus lives inside of me. I'm not waiting to die to live. I'm living right now. I've already died. I'm not waiting to die to be resurrected. I have already found out how dead I was. Oh, listen, friend. Somebody said so-and-so lived to be a ripe old age. They died at age 100. I'm so thankful I died at age 13. Hallelujah. Found out how dead I was. How lost I was. How condemned I was. But I also realized there was a resurrection in Jesus. And there is a life to be lived in Him. And I found out I was dead when I was 13 years old. And the closer I get to the grave, the more alive I realize that I am. And one of these days I'll send this old body of death I'm living in. And the last piece of that which God has promised will come to pass. Hallelujah. That which He's begun in me, He'll finish it on the day of redemption. And I will live forever and die no never. Oh, bless His dear name. And those that are afraid to die and need to realize if you're saved, you already have. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Lazarus could not. Lazarus could not stay dead because Jesus was the resurrection. 
And listen, if you're lost this morning, you're already dead. And you're afraid of dying. You're already dead. You're afraid that you will not make it. You're already not making it. You need Jesus in your life. Or else your life is lifeless. Your life is dead without Christ this morning. And He's the resurrection. After the resurrection, then you can have a life. That's the only way you'll ever have life is to first have the resurrection. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah. Now this morning, let me give you three or four things about this thing, this statement of Christ and then a few things about those things would be done. There's not a whole lot. I started to say I don't want to take and hold you very long. None of you held to start with. Did nobody even say whether or not that you were expected to come? We just got a few this morning and others that are listening online. And you don't have anything else to do. You can't go anywhere and you can't do anything. And we can't even get up and jump around and shake hands and hug necks when we get done. So there's not a whole lot of reason for us to get in a hurry. And we're in a hurry and don't even know why we're in a hurry this morning. Amen. So we may as well just rejoice in the resurrection and yeah. in the life. And I got news for you whether you know it or not. And most of you had not been too many places all week. This is the best place you have been all week. And this is the best thing you've talked about all week. You've been talking about all kinds of things it's just caused you to be all worried and upset. And some of it's necessary, but I've talked about it till I'm ready to throw up. And I'm ready to talk about Jesus hey. who my soul loves. Hey. I'm thankful that I've got a Savior. I've got some good news. Jesus lives. Jesus lives. Jesus lives. Hey. All the people who are running this outfit do not know anything. And that's why they can't do nothing. They don't know anything. And my friend, if they're honest with you, they'll tell you they don't know anything. That's why nobody's doing nothing because we don't know anything. But can I tell you, God's not up in heaven wringing His hands and scratching His head and worrying about what to do. He's the resurrection and the life. And this morning, what you need more than you need your next breath is you need Jesus. Amen. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. So let me tell you a few things about the resurrection and the life. And we'll be finished this morning. The Word of the Lord teaches us that He is the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He is always present. When He says, I am the resurrection and the life, that tells me He is always present. That is to say, time has no hold on Him. Time has no hold on Him. This statement reveals that He is everlasting. When He says, I am the resurrection, I am the life, that He is the only reason why there is ever been life is because of me. In me is where life is. I'm the one that put life in you. And then when you died in the in the garden, I put life in you. And then you died in sin. And I'm the one that can put it back in you. I'm the only reason you have life. The reason why man breathed the first time is because God gave him life. And the reason why man will breathe the last time in this world is because God gives you life. And the reason why you're still breathing is because God give you life. And if you will ever live again spiritually after the fall of sin that Adam had and all others have had after him, my friend, is because God gives you life. 
There is no life outside of Him. Oh, but I'm so thankful He is the resurrection and the life. That is, there is still life to be had. Time has no hold on Him. When Adam sinned in the garden, stumbled into death in the pit of sin, it did not in any way hamper the Lord. It did not hamstring God. It didn't kill God is what I'm saying. My friend, it brought death to Adam, but it didn't bring death to God. He's still the resurrection and the life. And when Adam sinned and curse of death was passed on him, my friend, God was still alive. And his time has had no hold on him. Over time, man has changed. Over time, things have changed. Over time, you have changed and I have changed. Some of you used to have a different color hair than what you got. And it ain't just because you've been to the beauty shop and had them do a work on you. Some of you naturally have had a little lightning take place. Some of you used to have a whole lot fewer wrinkles. Some of us used to have a whole lot fewer wrinkles than what we do now. I mean, friend, buddy, I am getting them all over. And the listen, the more pressures it gets put on in life, and the more pressures it gets dumped on me, I feel like I'm in a vice grip just mashing me. That, my friend, into a mushed up little bundle of nothing. And that's it. And the more that that happens, the more these wrinkles and these uh, things will occur. Time has a way of making a change in us. Uh, my friend, but thank God time has no hold on the Lord. Uh, because He's the resurrection and the life. Uh, my friend, not only is He not dying, He ain't getting old. Uh, my friend, there is nothing changing about God. When He says, I'm the resurrection and the life, He's always present. And time has no hold on Him. He is everlasting. Nine times the Bible tells us that the Lord and His attributes are from everlasting. Three times in the book of Psalms. Psalm 41, 13. Psalm 90 and verse 2. Psalm 103, verse 17 tell us that He is from everlasting to everlasting. Time has no hold on Him. Oh, He says these words. He reminds us that He is forever. I am the resurrection and the life. His existence is always present. He has always been and He will always be. His excellence is always present. He never changes. The reason why the wrinkles come to your skin, weakness sets in in your body, aches and pain work in your flesh, is because your body is dying. And when Jesus tells us that He's the resurrection and the life, it is a revelation that death does not work in Him. They couldn't kill Jesus. That's why He had to lay down His life. That's what He told us in chapter 10. No man takes my life from me. I lay it down. And if I have the power to lay it down, I have the power to take it up again. That death did not work in Jesus. He never changes. He does not age. His existence is always present. His excellence is always present. And His exercise is always present. That is, He blesses. And when He blesses, others cannot curse. Hallelujah. I've been studying and listening to a, a message from a preacher of a bygone era about the book of Numbers chapter 22 and 23. Where old Balak and Balaam are there. And Balak wants Balaam to curse the people of God. Oh, thank God. But he said, I cannot curse what God has blessed. I'm telling you, my friend, Jesus is a resurrection in the life. His exercise is the same. He blesses and others cannot curse. Oh, praise God. What God can do, God 
can tell the truth. In fact, he can't lie. What God can do, my friend, God can stay the same. In fact, he never changes. What God can do, he can bless. And what he blesses, nobody else can curse. Hallelujah. I don't want to preach the rest of that message to you, but it's pretty good. What God can do, what Satan cannot do, and what the children of God ought to do. Hallelujah. And some of these days I'm going to steal it, borrow it, whatever you want to call it, and use it. It ain't been used up. Hallelujah. He's the resurrection and He is the life. What God has blessed, others cannot curse. We are blessed and we face trouble and trials and tribulations, but we cannot be cursed. Satan cannot stop you from being saved. Satan cannot stop you from being spirit-filled. Satan cannot stop you from being forgiven. Satan cannot stop you from being right with God. Satan cannot stop you from being bound for heaven. What God has blessed, others cannot curse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'm having a hard time not preaching. Oh, that number 22 and 23. He's always present. Time has no hold on Him. His existence is always present. His excellence is always present. His exercise, His blessing is always present. And then secondly this morning, when He says, I have the resurrection and the life, it not only means that He's always present. Time has no hold on Him. It means that He is all powerful. Death has no hold on Him. I am the resurrection and the life. Death has has no hold on him. What a thing to say looking in the face of a graveyard, looking across a cemetery plot, looking across a place where mourners stand in dark clothing and weep aloud, looking in the broken hearts and drooping, weary, worn, tired eyes, filled with tears of two sisters whose hearts are so heavy. One who said, My brother is already stinking with death. His body already as surely as decomposing and smells of the death that has gripped him. And for Jesus to look at that crowd and weave, the Bible said Jesus wept and say death has no power over me. Death has no control over me. Death has no hold over me. These and we think about this thing totally different than they did in this time. We are so spoiled. We are so ruined. We are so soft in this generation. We are so, uh, my friend, uh, living a blessed existence. The people in the days of Jesus, they worried about their next meal every day. They were concerned would they have enough to fill their bellies every day. Thus he told them, I am the bread of life. And they worried because darkness set in and it wasn't like it is here where there's a street light on every corner and for those people that are afraid of the dark they don't ever even see the dark in our day that Jesus said to them that were afraid and who locked themselves up in quarantine every night I am the light of the world and to this people who in that day my friend did not have a law enforcement they didn't pick up the phone and dial 911 they didn't count on first responders to protect them it was survival of the finished. And they were afraid, my friend, the arrow that flew by night. And they were afraid of the prowler in the day. Oh, listen to me. And Jesus said, I am the door. I am your safety. For this crowd today, 
I feel concerned when they make any of the right decisions. Many of them could not read and write, did not have information available at their fingertips, certainly couldn't get on the Google machine and find out anything that they wanted to know, including things that are not even close to true. And my friend, they did not have any of that at their disposal. And Jesus said, when you don't know what to do, I'm the good shepherd. Hallelujah. And then this crowd that worried every day, will this be my last? They didn't expect to live to be 90 years old. They didn't anticipate seeing old age. Old age might be 25. Old age might be 30. They lived hard lives. And my friend Dad stared him in the face all the time. The least little thing sent him over the edge. There were no antibiotics. They did not know what a bottle of Tylenol was. Nobody had discovered aspirin. And my friend aches and pains were not revealed. I were not relieved. They were just miserably experienced. We are spoiled, rotten in our society. I am and you are and all of us are whether we want to admit it or not. But to this crowd who stared death in the face, Jesus said death has no hold on me. Darkness doesn't scare me. Death doesn't scare me. Predators don't scare me. Disease doesn't scare me. None of this has power over me. I am the resurrection and the life. You talk about saying something big. Jesus said the things that have a hold on you, they don't have a hold on me. The things that are destroying you, they don't destroy me. And not only that, since I am the resurrection and the life, he that believeth on me, he's going to live like I live. If my friend death has no hold on me, and I give what I have to you, death has no hold on you. <laughs> Woo! I don't know if you're following what I'm preaching or not, but if he lives in me and death has no hold on him, then death has no hold on me this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's not afraid of death. He has the resurrection and the life. He claims his title. He claims all power over the most vicious enemies that mankind could ever know. All of them. Jesus is letting you know that there ain't nothing that he can't handle. To be the resurrection and the life shows he has power over sin. And sin is a dirty dog enemy of human beings. Every nasty, dirty, filthy, destructive thing that has ever happened in the course of human history has happened because of sin. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, not only did he sin as bad as he could sin, he only had one commandment, and he broke it as bad as he could break it. He sinned as much as he could sin. Not only did he sin as much as he could sin, he unleashed every force of hell. With his sin, he opened the mouth of hell for every un ungodly thing that has ever been birthed in the human flesh and humankind. I mean, because of Adam seeing every war, every famine, every disease, every pestilence, every pandemic, every fear, every worry, every destruction of every kind. A man's inhumanity to man. Wars and rumors of war, perversions of all sort were unleashed because of man's sin. Oh, but hear me when Jesus said, death has no hold on me. I'm the resurrection and the life. 
He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That is to say that death that was in Adam and that abides in you because of your sin has no power. I have the power over sin. Therefore, I have the power over death. He has power of all kinds. Romans 5 and 12, Wherefore as by one man sin entered in the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. By having the power of life in him, it reveals that Christ has the power over sin that has robbed man of life. And for the wages of sin is death, in Romans 6 and 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has the power over sin. He has the power over sickness. Every can every illness, every virus, every headache, every disease, every disability is a result of sin. And it, it is the precursor to death. But the resurrection and life is all powerful over these enemies of mankind. Oh, my friend, He has the power has the resurrection and the life. He is all powerful. Death has no hold on Him. He has the power over sin. He has the power over sickness. He has the power over death. 1 Corinthians 15, 26 says, The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. I don't know if you listen to that verse or not, what I just quoted. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. There's two things to note. First, man's, uh, uh, the death is an enemy to man. Death Death is an enemy. That death is also our last enemy. But then I want you to notice the second thing. Not only is our enemy our last enemy, but my friend, it shall be destroyed. And God has the power over death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That death is an enemy, but it shall be destroyed by the only one who has the power of life in Him. That death was a daily concern for the people of the time of Christ. But my friend, He had no resurrection letting them know that death had no power over him. So he has all power. Death has no hold on him. Power over sin, power over sickness, power over death, power over the devil. The one who introduced sin and sickness and death into this world is the old serpent, is the accuser of the brethren. Amen. It is Slewfoot. Split foot, whatever term you want to use for him. Matter of fact, I don't care how ugly you talk about the devil. Are you listening to me? You can talk as ugly about the devil as you want to. Isn't it amazing how the old lost, condemned world curses God, curses Jesus, but they don't curse the devil? Amen. They say they don't believe. A lot of them say they don't believe in the devil, and they don't believe in Jesus, but they only curse Jesus and they don't curse the devil. Sounds like to me that they are of their father, the devil, and the works of their father they do, and that's why they talk like they do because they curse Jesus instead of the devil. You can talk as ugly as you want to about the devil, as far as I'm concerned. I had somebody tell me one time, said, now you ain't supposed to hate nobody. You ought to even love the devil. Find that for me in the Bible. Amen. Hate the evil and love the good. Amen. If you don't learn how to hate the devil, you've got a problem. Amen. You need to have your eyes open to see what he does and what he has done and how he will be judged. Amen. Amen. Oh, the one who introduced sin and death into this world was Satan, the serpent, the deceiver. He is a thief that came to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus came to bring life. And he has the power to do it. He's the resurrection and the life. Therefore, death has no hold on him. He's always present. Time has no hold on him. He's always powerful. Death has no hold on him. Number three this morning. 
He is personal, which means pedigree has no hold on him. He's personal, which means pedigree has no hold on him. Y'all ain't understanding that. Believers in him have the same power as their Lord. Verse 25, 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Are you a believer? Believers in me have the same power that I have. How do you believe this? Believest thou this? Are you a believer? All who hath received, who have believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Are you a believer this morning? Believers in Him have the same power as their Lord. The key to power, strength, access, and authority is not a title. It is not a governmental or political position. It is not a certain degree from a school of higher learning. It is not qualifications of a pointed head and a pocket protector. It is not the lineage or bloodline of royalty. And my friend, the key to power is faith in the Lord Jesus. Christ, the simplest, poorest, most uneducated person can access the power of God as surely as they who are of world-renowned fame, power, and wealth if they simply have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary and Martha and Lazarus were not living in a palace. The people of Bethany were not people of power and prestige. They were subjects to the Roman Empire. They had not the liberties that we have so taken for granted and my friend been willing to roll over and play dead and give up in this generation. And my friend, our forefathers suffered to give us liberties that we don't appreciate and we don't exercise and we don't live and appreciate. And these people in the day of Jesus had none of that. They were subjects of Rome. Their lives were in the hand of my friend of a Roman soldier. They were one bad mood of some Roman centurion away from having their heads removed from their bodies and Jesus said I don't give this gift to those who wear armor on their back I don't give this gift to those who live in the fine houses I don't give this gift to those who wear soft raiment I don't give this gift to those who have pockets full of money but if you believe you can have it if you'll trust me you can have it pedigree doesn't matter my friend bloodline does not matter your past does not matter who your mama was, your daddy was, what nationality you have, your color, your creed does not matter. What matters will you believe me? Will you trust me? Will you put your faith in me? Pedigree has no hold on him. Oh my. Where did you get your law degree? Where did you get your medical degree? Where did you get your level of expertise? Where do you get your authority? Hallelujah. This is the report. That's where I get my authority. I have none in myself. I'm smaller than an ant. And I'm more aware every day how small that I am. But I'm telling you, I'm serving a great big God. Hallelujah. Who is the 
the resurrection and the life. And I don't care if you're so sharp that your head is pointed. Uh, my friend, you do not have any advantage over simple, common, ordinary people who, my friend, put their faith in Jesus. The child of God in our day needs to once again hold their head up and realize we're serving a great, big, wonderful God. I quit my friend with our looking down and look up and realize our redemption draws nigh. My confidence in that, and my friend, is not in any man or in any system outside of Jesus Christ Himself. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It's enough that Jesus died and that He died for me. It is personal. The key to power is faith in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, when the president speaks, people jump. Folks call him Mr. President. And listen, I'm praying for him sincerely. I mean that. I'm praying for him. And uh, when the governor speaks, people try to respond. And I'm praying for him. And I'm thankful for him. Amen. That's exactly right. We could have been in a whole lot worse shape. I mean, I'm not always been a fan of some of the people we have in leadership in this country, but we could be in a lot worse shape than what we are. Amen. A lot worse shape than what we are. That's exactly right. Oh, and I'm praying for them. And even if we'd have been in worse shape, I'd have prayed for them. I prayed for the ones before them that I didn't like at all. I mean, I prayed for them and I'll pray for these. Amen. But they do not have power. They, they speak and some people jump. They speak and some people get hotting, a hot fighting mad. Wet hen is not the right word to use. Just get beside themselves. Some people, my friend, I think that they're waiting on this person or that person to tell them everything they need to do in life. But the key to power is not to hold some special position. It's outside of having a position as a child of God in Christ. The key to power is faith in Christ. You can, whether Jew or Gentile, white or black, young or old, educated or uneducated, have the power of the resurrection and the life living in you. Listen, my friend. This old world may be able to command armies and may be able to command boots on the ground and may be able to command bombs and guns. But I tell you, the child of God goes beyond NASA, goes beyond the space station and connects with God in heaven. And when we pray, the Lord of heaven responds and hears us. And our prayers, when we ask, we receive. And when we seek, we find. And when we knock, it is open to us. Because Jesus lives, we live also. Hallelujah. 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 We feel so unimportant in the world where we live. We seem so powerless to stop the sheer stupidity that runs our streets like a mad dog foaming at the mouth. My friend runs the countryside on every side. The wealthy and powerful and so-called educated seem to press their feet onto the throats of the common man more every single day. And I don't mean to discourage you, but I don't expect that to get better. Not while we're in this world. But in Christ, there are no big and littles. There are no small and greats. There are no importance and unimportance. There are no valuable and invaluable. There are no expendables. There are none of those that just don't count anymore. You matter to Jesus is what I'm telling you this morning. Jesus loves you. You matter to God. You matter. This world may never even know who you are. They may never know your name. 
to Uncle Sam your social security number and a way to pay off massive debts that we'll never pay for. Our great, great grandchildren won't pay for the money we're spending right now. Oh, my friend, to try to satisfy ourselves and how to take care of ourselves without any concern for future generations. Uncle Sam does not give a rip about you and doesn't even know who you are until it comes time to collect the bill. Oh, listen to me, your employer counts you as an employee ID number. Oh, my friend of the World Health Organization, you are a statistic. To the average preacher, you're a number that used to be on the board. Amen. Or a dollar that used to be in the offering plate. Or my friend, a viewer that's showing up on a live stream. But to Jesus, you're somebody. To the Lord God, you're a soul for whom Jesus died. Hey, he loves you, cares about you. You matter to God this morning. You matter to God. And I'm going to tell you something else. Whether you'll have it or not, you matter to those who love God. You matter to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, give me that old time religion. Makes me love everybody. I might not be able to run around this morning and give all of you a neck hug, but it don't make me love you any less than what I did a month ago. Are you listening to me? Makes me love everybody. For those whose love is waxed cold, but careless because if they're at home twiddling their thumbs and playing video games and not caring what's going on in the world around them, my friend, and don't care about God and church, and my friend, the sickness and whatever is a good excuse not to even have to study their Bibles or anything else, they have a spiritual problem. Their problem is not sickness. It's not physical, it's not mental, it is spiritual. And they need to get right with God. If you don't hunger after God and His people and love sinners, you have a spiritual problem. And I want to say it again without apology. If you don't hunger after God and His Bible and love sinners, you have a spiritual problem. Now there's sick folks that don't need to come to church. There's people who are concerned about loved ones who need to be very careful about what they may carry home with them. I'm not talking about that. Don't say anything I didn't say. We're live on the internet and I'll spread it as many directions as what I can, unashamed of what I'm preaching here this morning. But if you don't hunger after God, you may be this morning some that are watching church are ones that are always in church. They are always here. They are always giving. They are always loving. They are always praying. And they would love to be here with us this morning. Some of them, or a couple of them at least, are fighting possibly for their lives. And if they could, they would be here. And I can't see them, but maybe they can see me. And I want you to know that I love you just as much as if I could reach out and put my arms around your neck and give you a big hug. I still love you the same. And when folks, my friend, lose their love for God and for His Word and for prayer and for sinners, they've got a spiritual problem. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 There's a couple at home this morning waiting for Tess to come back. And they don't really think there's anything wrong, but there could be. They don't know. That's why they're not here even though they want to be here. They probably feel good enough to be able to be capable to sit in the pew, but they want to take care of you and that's why they're not here. This morning, I want them to know that because they are alone, they're not forgotten. Amen. You're listening to me this morning? God cares about you. Amen. This is personal. You think the big Amen. number boys care about you? You think that, my friend, the statistics crowd cares about you? 
You're not anything but a number. But to God, you're a person. You're a person. You matter to Jesus. Oh my. Jesus didn't walk out in the graveyard and say, if there's anybody that's dead that'd like to live, y'all get on up. He said, Lazarus, my friend. Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth. This is personal, friend. You matter to Jesus today. You matter to Him. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> oh, bless His name. Bless His name. Riding a little tractor yesterday up and down the driveway, I thought, you know, there ain't nobody in the world even know I exist right now. I mean, I'm all by myself, and I'm one that kind of enjoys some solitude. I'm, I'm a lot more introvert than extrovert. I to tell you the truth, I ain't altogether opposed to this idea of having church without shaking hands with everybody. I, you know, I, that's I love everybody, but I'm and I'm getting to the place where I'm about ready to shake hands with somebody. If nothing else, just to say I did. But and I'm not. Don't nobody go and tell something on me and try to get me. Around arrested or some stupid. I'm just telling you that I'm feeling like we're in a world where we've isolated ourselves into nothing and people think that they are forgotten but God knows where you are. Hold a line just sitting down by that brook by himself. God never forgot to send the ravens. Not one day did the Lord say, oh no, it's about dark and I forgot to send those ravens. Not one day did God forget about him. Jesus has not forgotten about you and you matter you matter to Jesus. And you matter to His people. This is personal pedigree. You don't have to be important to everybody to be important to God. If you're barefooted and broke and bankrupt, bald-headed, I'm looking for another way to keep alliterating it. Amen. You still matter to God. You matter to Jesus. Black or white, you matter to God. In Christ, there are no big and littles. There are only believers and unbelievers. You can have the resurrection and life living in you. And I'm closing with this this morning. i got to preach what I can while I can. I'm getting one shot at it each of these weeks. And limited opportunity at that. But this thing of, of the Lord, Him being the resurrection of life, tells us that He is always present. Time has no hold on Him. He is always powerful. Death has no hold on Him. Hallelujah. He is always personal. Pedigree has no hold on Him. And then I want to finish with this. This is a plea from Jesus. Nothing except unbelief. Can hinder him. Nothing. Except unbelief. Can hinder him. Who hath believed our report. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. The arm of the Lord. The power of the Lord is revealed. Unto them who believe the report. The only ones that cannot see the power of God. Are those who choose not to believe. Unbelief. Nothing except unbelief can hinder God. Verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Last question. Believest thou this? Martha. You can have it if you'll believe it. Will you? 
Most of us demean what Martha says unto them. She says, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Most of us say, you know, Martha, she just obfuscated the question. But you know what Martha did? She said, I really don't know what you're talking about. And I'm not certain what you even mean. What I do know is, you're not just some man. You're not just some person that showed up and has been our friend. But you're the Son of God. And even when I don't understand what you're talking about, I still believe you. <laughs> oh, when somebody get that this morning. There are days we will go through life, even when God is ministering to our souls, when down on the inside we must admit and be honest before the Lord that we don't know even what God wants to speak to us. We don't know right now what God is to Him. All I know is I can't make it, Lord, without You. I just know one thing. I don't know anything else. I just know You're still God. I just know You're still Jesus. I know You're still right. I know I still trust You and I'm believe you. Only unbelief can hinder God. Believest thou this? It is more than a question. It is a plea to trust Jesus and His plan. His plan makes a guarantee that you can trust this morning. Oh my soul. I don't trust anything else I hear in these days. But praise God for a report that I learned some 30 years ago that I found to be true. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Uh, I've tried to behave myself as best I can. Tried to behave myself as best I can. But there are people that are losing their minds these days reading foolishness on social media, half of which is not even true from the sources that they're purported to be from. Hysteria and fear, insanity and idiocy running our streets like a mad dog. And uh, then the people who really are suffering are totally misunderstood. Folks are turning on one another like animals, like dogs at a trough over a, a, a roll of toilet paper, something that comes from a tree. Did all the trees die two weeks ago? Are we going to be unable to cut another tree down? And besides that, how did we survive? That My friend, 6,000 years without toilet paper, and now we're ready to kill one another like dogs at a trough to get it. It's insanity, people. And if you are guilty of it, shame on you. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm trying to behave myself. I really am. (laughs) The plea of our day is all misguided. Matter of fact, I dare say there has been less attention at a time when people claim to be afraid to die of what's going to happen to their soul when they do, as what there was before people claimed to be afraid to die. Now, just on a simple, rational level, Brother TJ, that makes no sense. I want to tell you something this morning. If you are afraid to die, you need what I'm saying here this morning more than you need anything Anthony Fauci or anybody from the World Health Organization will say in the last three weeks, four weeks, or the next ten months. You need what I'm telling you this morning more than you need your next breath or your next meal. Amen. Amen. 
If you're not born again, you need Jesus more than you need anything. More than you need a doctor. More than you need a ventilator. More than you need a, uh, uh, my friend, an antibiotic. You need Jesus more than you need anything. Because brother, this life is for a little while and eternity is forever. One way or another, you're going to die in this body. And if you don't have a resurrection before you do, you'll never have a life. You'll never have a life in eternity. It's a plea. I'm begging you this morning. I'm pleading with you. If you've never been saved, this is the day and now is the time. I feel like in this time right now, I really feel like a firehouse dog. I feel like a firehouse dog whose job it is to bark when he smells smoke. And I've had a muzzle put on me. And men are dying and going to hell. And meanwhile, the voice of the gospel is being strangled. Oh, God, help us to open our eyes and realize there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And life is more than hamburgers and hot dogs. And the next day and the next minute, and we better get our focus on eternity and get right with Jesus in this generation. Yes. Oh my, listen, you can silence the preacher and you can silence the church and you can cut off the live feeds and you can shut down, my friend, what little bit of a voice we have left on the airways and people can stop up their ears as they did when Stephen preached and they gnashed their teeth on him and we can turn against the church and against God and against the Bible but it does not stop the reality and you may silence my voice or even cut my throat before all of this saying is said and done in this whole world but the message of the gospel will remain the same and time and space and my friend have no hold on God and only unbelief can hinder what he wants to do in your life Amen. believest thou this the plan of God guarantees us an entrance to heaven neither is there any salvation in any other for there is none in the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved as Jesus is our hope Guarantees our interest to heaven. It provides the escape from sin. Faith in Christ is the key to deliverance from the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin. Amen. We were riding up through Kentucky several years ago. Brother John, myself, my granddaddy, Sister Selma Brown, my granddaddy and Sister Selma's already in heaven. And uh, Sister Selma Brown called us to give us a report on uh, her test that week that had come back. Tell her about her cancer. And she said, you know, cancer sure is a scary word, but she says, I'm a lot more afraid of sin than I am cancer. Amen. I'm telling you, the grace of God through belief and faith in Him provides you an escape from sin. It's a plea this morning. It guarantees us entrance to heaven, provides us an escape from sin. And it is the only one that is endorsed by God Himself. We will come here in the, in the weeks to come. John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you don't know Christ this morning, you don't know what life is. You don't know what living is. This world cannot offer life. This world is frightened of over death 
but it does not know what life even is. Until you've died, until you realize you're dead and you had a resurrection, you can't have a life. This morning, you know why that I'm not afraid to die? Because I already have. I've been resurrected and now I live. Nevertheless, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name, my soul. Magnify the Lord this morning. Oh, he lives in me. He lives in me. He's the only reason I live. But oh, what a reason. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise His dear name forevermore. And I'm going to live forever. And I'm going to die. No, never. Jesus died on the tree for me. So I'm going to live forever. And so can you this morning. He's the resurrection and the life. He's our bread that is our sustenance. He is our light that is our source. He is our door that is our safety. He is our good shepherd, our supervisor. Oh, and I've rejoiced in that this week. He is the resurrection and the life. He is my soul. He is the one whom my soul loveth. Hallelujah. He's that... He's that scent of perfume at the door seeking to fellowship with me. (laughs) Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, that song of Solomon. She said that at my beloved, that one whom my soul loves. She said, I laid down. I isolated myself. Are you listening to me? I isolated myself. I shut the door of my chamber. I was all alone. Nobody else was around. I was quarantined. I was sheltered in place. I was all by myself. But when nobody else was there, she said, I know I heard him. His voice came knocking. His voice came knocking. And she said, I went by. And I didn't see him, but she said, I smelled the perfume that dripped from his hand there at the doorknob. Oh, he was seeking to fellowship with my soul. And the one whom my soul loveth. She said, I sought for him day and night. And while others mistreated her, beat her up, the Bible said, they attacked her and assaulted her for seeking after her beloved. She said, I sought him so much the more. He is still the lover of my soul. He is still the dearest friend that I ever had. He is still the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. He's still the only reason that I live. He's the resurrection and the life. He is, my friend, the cluster of camphor, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the pilot of bride in the morning star, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the Word and the light and the bread, the Good Shepherd and the door. He's the resurrection and the life. He is the one who my soul loves for and cannot be satisfied without. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless His name. I would love this morning to be able to give an altar prayer, an invitation for an altar prayer, but I will not. 
Last week I did the same thing. I cannot. I'm trying to be responsible. Don't misunderstand anything I say for being irresponsible. I've probably had less contact with humans outside of my home than anybody in the building this morning. Less contact than most of those watching us on live feed. Less contact than a lot of the folks who have incessantly criticized me and cursed me. And I do not mean talked ugly to me, cursed me repetitively for the last several weeks over things that they think they know that I can't know. I want to ask you, please pray for me. I'm trying to serve God and be a voice of the gospel even in this day where it's not appreciated or cared about. And I'm not, and I do love everybody. And any foolishness or stupidity said otherwise is, is just that, it's stupidity. I do love everybody. And I'm trying to be as cautious as what I can. But while I'm being cautious, I'm not going to be quiet. This world needs Jesus too much for that. And the reason I'm on planet earth, I didn't start saying this two weeks ago. I've been saying this now for 30 years since the Lord showed me. The reason I'm on planet earth is to preach the gospel. If there's anybody that will hear it or not. And if all the trees are gone and the houses are without inhabitants, and God gives me a voice at all, I'll be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And if they take me like they did older, uh, watch my knee and cut my tongue out, I'll use the pen of a ready writer and do what I can to share the gospel that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. He's your only hope. The only chance my children have is in Christ. It's not in me or in you, and it's not in the dollar of the Dow Jones. Amen. It's in Christ. It's not in the Democrats or the Republicans. It's in Christ. Amen. The only hope. Everybody stand this morning. We're going to pray. Collectively, together, if you want to kneel in the place where you are, that's okay. If you want to bow your heads where you are, that's okay. But we're going to pray this morning. That's all I know to do to close out the service. I've preached the plea of the gospel to you, the same plea that I've been preaching for almost 31 years now. And the gospel has not changed. Time and circumstances have no power, no hold on the resurrection and the life. And he still said, If asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be opened unto you. And I've preached a little longer than what I would, I suppose, on a regular Sunday morning. But as I said, you have nowhere to go. So no need to be in a hurry. And I dare say even those of you who were a little intrepid or concerned about coming to church this morning are probably a lot more at ease right now than what you've been sitting on your couch for the last three weeks. Isn't that right? I praise the Lord. Let's pray. Precious Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. <laughs> for loving me <laughs> I thank you for your precious word for your spirit that is real I thank you Lord for being as close as a whisper of a prayer for being as near as the precious words of your blessed book Lord for being real in my heart in the manifestation of the Holy Ghost I magnify your name for who you are and for what you do. I praise you for life. And for life more abundantly. I thank you Lord for. Shoes on my feet and clothes on my back. Food to eat. 
and all of your blessings. I bless your name for being high and holy. I thank you, Lord, for being meek and lowly and friend of sinners. I thank you, Lord, for letting us be at your house this morning. Thank you, God, for these that have been able to be here. And, Lord, we pray for those that were not able to be with us, for those that are sick this week, for some, Lord, that are um, have just had to shelter in place due to their health. I understand that, Lord, and I'm praying sincerely for them. God, I pray for those who feel isolated and alone, that you'd be the dearest friend they've ever had. I pray you'd be a mother to those without, a father to those without, a brother, a sister, Lord, a friend, a neighbor. I pray you'd help us, God, to minister one to another, to love one another. This morning, I pray most sincerely, Lord, for those who have never been saved, those who have never had a resurrection. Lord, some that are afraid that they're going to die and realize not that they're already dead. Oh, God, open their eyes to see the deadness and trespasses and sins where they are, that they may see the resurrection and life that is in Jesus. Oh, Lord, draw them near to your bleeding side, I beg. Give them the fellowship of the sweet spirit in their hearts, I pray. Lord, help us this morning to have people who will hear this blessed gospel. God, and I'm believing you that they will have space to repent and faith to believe. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us to love one another more. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.